welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, welcome everyone to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast for this week, powered by Audio-Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business, you need to get to the next game or you're just booking ahead for when these lockdowns uh, get lifted, make sure you check out whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan. I'd like to welcome my co-host, Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. And gentlemen, this is episode number 22, and 22 is a very special number for our club. Certainly is, Jez. Um, hello. And hello to everyone back in Sydney. Um, we've been up here uh, for a week now uh, in the bub- in the hub, they call it, up here in, in Queensland. And 22 is a special number, Jez, and uh, that's why there's few little sacrifices the players and staff are making as everyone in Sydney is at the moment, obviously in, in lockdown and other parts of Australia. So, um, yeah, there's a special, special resolve in the place to make sure we can give that a really good shot. Very good. It looks very comfortable there behind Yellow. you got your choice of beds at night and all sorts of well, stuff. Well, I have, Jeremy. The worst part about it, it's taken about 45 minutes to get it cleaned up so we could go on air today. <laughs> <laughs> You That's got the a... two beds there, hello. Yeah, have you got two seats? I heard you got one for each of your twins as well. Is that, <laughs> is that right? That's a, that's a good start, yeah. <laughs> Gee, I've missed you for a week, Shannon. Jez uh, <laughs> is talking about 22, and I, I, I know he's referring to the fact that our 22nd premiership is what we're all working towards, but I heard 22 is also the number of times you went back to the breakfast buffet this morning. <laughs> At the quarantine lockdown, is that true, Ella? No, that's not true, Shannon. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was the number we've won in the last 43 years. Very good. <laughs> what about you, Shannon? How are you going in your uh, in your hub there? I'm going really well, Jez. It's, it's certainly, uh, I forgot what COVID lockdown's like, you know. It's, uh, you know, it gets, gets, you, gets you down a little bit, you know. I was putting on a bit of weight and I was thinking, oh, I probably need to lose a bit of weight, but being a rabbit, I'm so competitive. I don't like to lose anything. So I don't, I think I'll, I'll, I'll think I'll put that, I'll park that for a while. Uh, <laughs> I like it. What's the menu log count up to? Oh, I'll tell you what, just give me a tip. If you're going to buy shares, buy shares in menu log over the next three weeks. Excellent, excellent. Right, let's move on to the the first uh, segment as we do each week. Something you've learned this week. We'll start with you, Shannon. Okay, Jez. Well, as I said, what I've learned is just how challenging um, and tough lockdown can be. We know the players are up there doing it tough. They're locked down for 14 days. But even at home, if you still, you know, the players doing it particularly hard away from home. But even in your own home, you know, you just... It's hard not to get down at times, and I feel for everybody out there, you know. I, and just a little of things can get you down. I was down the other day, and I brought out my step ladder, and then I just sort of reminisced. I, I didn't even know my real ladder, you know. So I was getting, <laughs> I was getting, getting, getting quite down. I was tr- trying, tr- trying to do some work, and you know, and and I couldn't understand why my calculator stopped working. I just it just didn't add up, and I, I was just trying. To, <laughs> 
Listen, chat it, chat it. You need to get back to work. You're getting too much time to prepare for this. I was going to say, Ello, this reminds me of when Sean McRae used to come up to the office. <laughs> and he'd have all the one-liners. He'd, he'd save yeah. them all up and give us all a comedy routine. Yeah, yeah right. I was quite clever. Sometimes, you know, you think, um, should I tell these one-liners, particularly when everybody's doing it tough? I, I used to be quite indecisive, but uh, but now I'm not so sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think I'll leave it there before I really they go from bad to worse. But Whose yeah, jokes well, are you stealing? <laughs> you haven't written these yourself. <laughs> Whose have you stolen? I haven't heard a joke yet, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my footy career, I've told you all about it. <laughs> uh, so now what I've learned is, you know, in the serious department, how tough COVID lockdown is. We feel for all the players up there, but of course we're aware of just all of our members and sponsors and, and everybody out there who's doing it really tough during COVID lockdown. Hello, what have you learnt this week? It's a funny thing, uh, Jez, like we, we've moved away from, from our families for a little while. And the family's uh, just got on a, a flight today. Majority of them, not all of them, and could make it due to work commitments, etc. And I, you know, I've got, I've got Raylene still back at home. She can't get up here. And um, I just realised how lucky we are in these times to have so, such great communication, you know, in, in, in FaceTime, Zoom meetings. You know, you can talk to people and you can actually see them face-to-face and talk. And, uh, uh, you know, try to find positives of when you're separated from your family and that. Take you back to, you know, the World Wars when Australians, you know, went a, went a, a way to fight for us. And 18, you know, some younger than 18-year-olds were going overseas and, you know, they weren't just, you know, interstate. They were overseas with no form of communication other than maybe a phone call in the Second World War and, and just a letter every couple of months. Mm. So, um, you know, we are, you know, people, people during this time in lockdown and everything, obviously it's hard, hard mentally, but if we take it back and look at how it might have been years before us, um, sometimes it gives you a better picture of where we actually are. Yeah, I remember about uh, 10 years ago, we had a young lady that, that worked with us by the name of Jess and her uh, boyfriend, now husband, was in the Special Forces and, and he'd go away for six months at a time into war zones such as Afghanistan and Iraq and these these types of things and and not downplaying the sacrifice that, it, that everyone is making for this but you get an understanding of what some of these families go through to do their jobs and... Uh, obviously, they're they're also fighting for their country, but these guys are, are representing our club as well, and they're they're willing to make these sacrifices for our club. It's it's pretty special stuff, and as you say, um, everyone's doing it for a reason. People aren't just going up there to to play footy and and not win games of football. And I'm sure the resolve within our group to bring home that trophy at the end of the year gets even stronger when they're making these sacrifices. It certainly does, and I mean, there's you know you've got to be grateful to some of the other teams who know they can't actually make the playoffs mm. now, but they're, they're still coming up. Obviously, they, they're ensuring their income, et cetera, but they're still coming up here for the first. They won't see their families for three weeks, actually, mm. uh, which is quite a, quite a time. You say three weeks quickly, but when, you know, every night you're, you're in your room on your own and you haven't got your family around, uh, it's a little bit tough, but to have something to play for makes that a lot easier, you know, and... Um, and, that, you know, the boys have been great. The staff have been great. We're, we're getting on well. We're finding things to do with our time. But, mm. 
uh, we're certainly looking forward to all, all the families getting up here. They have to do their quarantine for a couple of weeks first. Mm. But uh, then I'm sure when they come in and we join together as a group, we'll be even stronger. I'm, I can tell you from everyone that's still down here, LA, we're all hoping that that initial four-week period is all that it is. And if it isn't, it looks like being longer, which it, it probably does look like that at the at the moment. We hope those restrictions are lifted by late September, early October, because we want to be there for, for grand final day, I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, Jez. And I mean, um, they're probably doing the best they can in, in New South Wales now, and in, particularly in Sydney. Uh, the lockdowns uh, probably as you know, stringent as they've been. Um, so, you know, hopefully that'll help turn the corner and the vaccination levels will obviously keep increasing as the weeks go on. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I firmly believe we'll be here a lot longer mm. than four weeks. And I meant a lot longer. And as you alluded to, you know, maybe even the playoffs and, and the GF up here. Mm. And, you know, if that, if that ensures the future of the game for this season, well, so be it. We've got to do it. Yeah, well, hopefully the restrictions for the general public can be lifted by then. We can jump on a on a plane and head to Queensland for that grand final day because I'm sure that's nothing that any of us want to miss out on if uh, if we're lucky enough to get there. Yeah, and I think I think if um, you know if the people people in Sydney keep keep uh, doing what they're doing now, uh, I know the numbers are still flatlining a little bit, but um, you know that'll take a you know, probably another week to really get control of that mm. with the time that the full lockdowns come in. I'm not a scientist, but that's what I'm trying to, you know, mm. predict myself. But I think if that happens, that gives us that that's our best chance, I think, of people mm. getting up here to be able to watch the, the big games yeah. at the end of the year. And we keep hearing the the Premier and the, the Prime Minister tell us that vaccination's the key. I'm booked in for my second jab next week, so I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully everyone else is uh, booking in for their jabs as well so that we can uh, try and get back to something close to normal life. That's good, Jez. That's good. Yeah. Do whatever. Jez, best. you know, talking about booking in for your jab reminds me of, um, you know, talking about jabs, my, the time I went in for my prostate check, actually. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, have we, have we, got, we got seven second delay on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no, was awful. You know, I was nervous. I've got a history of cancer in my family, and you know, you always get worried when you get those things. And the doctor did what he had to do. He put the glove on, and his hands are a bit cold, and he seemed to have very big fingers. But anyway, he did what he needed to do, and he he left. And I was a bit worried, and I was thinking about what the verdict could be, and then the. The nurse came in and she said that thing you never want to hear. She said, who was that bloke? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Dr. John Hopawati, was it? <laughs> no, no, I don't think it was. <laughs> Might have been a good, bit, I don't know. Very good. Uh, well, the well, thing, the thing I've learnt this week is that Michael Maguire, Madge, is a changed man. There is no way in hell that he would have let those Fox Sports cameras follow him and the team around all day, every day when he was coaching here at South. He's gone soft in his old age match. <laughs> but it was an interesting uh, watch the other night on uh, on Fox Sports, the documentary around the, the Tigers and how they do things. Now it differs to how we do things, but... Uh, yeah, there's a few more episodes to come that I'll definitely be tuning into. But Madge, you're a change man, mate. I can you wouldn't have ever let me bring those. We weren't. Even, I wasn't even allowed to bring a camera into our gym at training, <laughs> let alone into the change room after games and before games and at half time. 
even, even, even their CEO, he sort of prided himself on being relaxed and laid back. In fact, he was that laid back. I thought they were going to have to test him for a pulse at one stage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very good. All right, let's get into our first uh, top four topic for the week. And as we've been doing, we've been going through the the uh, best Rabbitohs plays in each position. And this week, it's time for the centres. So we might kick off with you, Elo, on this one. The best, the top four Rabbitohs centres of all time, in your opinion. Uh, it's a it's a really good question, Jez, as it as it always as it goes over here as well. We didn't see so a lot of them play, but um, I mean, we spoke about Greg as a, the fullback here at the Rabbitohs. He he was one of the best centres to come at the club, but I don't I don't think his best football was in the centres at the Rabbitohs. So he would he would probably be one of the best centres to have come to our club, but probably perform best at fullback. You know, would, would you agree there? Yeah, I had him on, on my list, and I said mainly played fullback with us, but was definitely the world's best centre at rep level while yeah. he was playing with us. Yeah, definitely. So I think you still have to put him in uh, as, one of, as one of the best centres. You know, um, it's funny. We go back to the house in days. I mean, yeah, yeah uh, Ray and played in the centres for the Rabbitohs. It's, it's a really hard one. To define, because in fairness, there was a time there, particularly, you know, from the year when I played in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, where we were looking for a centre. It was always the thing we'd be talking about at South. And uh, that's nothing against the, the, the centres that we'd had here, but we're always looking for that strike centre. Mm. And we got Greg and then moving mm. on to fullback. But um, in my time, I think Mavo was as good as, was as, good as mm. any. In the time that I played, mm. you know, um, he, you know, for a young boy, he came through as a as a local junior, as we know. Um, he had some X factor about him. I know he had a few hiccups during during his time in, in his career, but um, you know, week in week out, he could do some things other players couldn't do. He, you know, he had some deceptive speed. Um, you know, great footwork. He, and the best thing about Mayo, he was a magnificent defender, mm. and. Uh, and above all, on top of that, he had some of the greatest dives you've ever seen for try. <laughs> the swan dive. The <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, the, you know, you can go on. I, I've, um, to be honest, I haven't done a lot of research today. I've been a mm. bit busy on that one. No, I could imagine. Um, you know, the centres, you know, in our history probably haven't, I, I don't think mm. have been as dominant as some of the other positions in our in yeah. our team and and they to be honest they're the two that, that really stand out for me and mm. I've heard about Ray Branning and how good a centre he was mm. I heard about Paul Paul Sate used to play in the centres he was on my good list in the centres yeah. as he was in the back row and I, and you know they they were but I didn't see a lot of them play but. Um, for what I've seen play, I'd say Greg and, and Mabel are probably as good as what I've seen in, in the time that I've been involved. Yeah, I had Paul Sait and Ray Branning on my my list yeah. as well. Paul Sait was um, named as one of the centres in our dream team back in 2004. And I know a lot of people think of him as a back rower and a lock. But um, to be named in that team as the, our greatest team of all time up until 2000 and and four, that's um, a pretty good, uh, pretty good rap. And as you say, Ray Branning and I didn't get to 
um, see any of these guys play, but I, I've heard the stories from my family over the years, and he's certainly one that was probably one that got away when uh, he he went to Manly. So yeah, um, that's what that's why I found it di- a little bit difficult. Yeah, I, don't, I think it was a good top four, and I think it's a good one for you know the people listening today. And like Shannon, will obviously have his his opinion as well. And you know, the, you know, it's 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 one position I think the the um, you know, apart from Greg, we haven't had as much competition in that area as we yeah. have for, for other positions. But yeah. Paul, Paul Sade, I go back to Paul Sade. He, I know he was a robust player, mm. uh, you know, robust defender, quality attacking and skillful attacking player. I was like to be coached by Sadie uh, in my first year with the club in third grade. He coached me and um, and the thing I loved about him, he just let you play football. Mm. You know, there wasn't um, any, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. He said, you, you, know, you know what you've got to do. I've watched you play. You get in and work into this team and working with the players around you will come up. And, yeah, we we actually uh, made it the prelim final that year too. And, you know, he, he did a great job. Again, um, you know, he being such a great player, the boys looked up to him and wanted to play for him. And uh, he just let, let you play football. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, very good. I might just finish mine off. I've only got one more before we go to you, Shannon, but mine's sort of looking ahead a little bit. I've got Campbell Graham on my list. I said, I reckon he could, I reckon he's one of the best defensive centers in the game at the moment. Um, He's so tall and lanky that he gives opposition defenses a hell of a time when he gets a head of steam up and can get those long arms away and get it, get an offload away. I think he can become one of our best centers of all time as well. If he keeps going on the, trajectory that that he has over the last few years we mentioned Madge before gave him gave him his debut as an 18 year old when he was doing his HSC exams and he's just grown so much over uh over the last few years and I think he can become one of our best as well yeah I I think that's a very good call Jess very good call Mm. he's got a long way to go in his career Mm. Uh, he loves it here at the Rabbitohs Uh, he's even becoming an attacking force now too because he's He's using that big frame of his to get in great positions. Very hard to stop when he's close to the trial line. Mm. But, you know, I've, I've seen him in a couple of games, particularly in the last couple of years, where um, even uh, kick out from Penrith, mm. he comes in off the centres and gets his shoulder into him and gives him a bit of a touch-up when he plays. And he's, yeah, certainly one of the, the great defenders we've got. And, you know, at, at the end of his career, could never be on the top of this list. Mm. He's a, he's also got one of the best nicknames in the the club. Everyone calls him, or a lot of people call him Stretch, but there's a few that have known him a bit longer that call him Herb, and it, he's named after uh, the character out of Two and a Half Men. The the uh, the actor's name is Ryan Styles, and they could dead set be twins. It's one of the great great nicknames, Herb. I encourage everyone to uh, tune in during these these lockdowns. Find Two and a Half Men on your on your catch-up services or your, your streaming services and have a look and, and introduce yourself to her because it is Campbell Graham. Well, Herb's mates call him Stretch. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, who have you got on your uh, top four Rabbitohs centres of all time? Craig Carrington? Just speak. <laughs> no, I'll try and think of something. No, he's already got his shutters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very good. But seriously, speaking about stretch and, um, and you know, 
uh, how good he is now and he's only going to get better. That's absolutely true. And as, as you know, players, like you look at Greg, he was tall, wiry and lean and he just built out as he got older and got bigger and stronger. And I, can you just imagine Campbell, how he's going to be as he thickens up as he gets older and mm. and I just hope he doesn't thicken up as much as Ello and then get us all of his Ello down the road and he'll end up in the front row. So, <laughs> <laughs> talk about bloody Herb is his nickname. The food, Herb is a nickname. What's that make? Ello, Rissol. Rissol and bloody Herb. <laughs> I thought it might have been 11 Herbs and Spices. <laughs> Sorry, no. Sorry, and then apologies to our sponsor, no. McDonald's. <laughs> uh, he's, on a, he's, on a, he's on a roll today, though, Jess, isn't he? What type of roll? <laughs> Hot roast beef, chicken. <laughs> you you weren't on the call the other day, Yellow, but this is a bit of a look behind the curtains. We had our big staff meeting on uh, Zoom, and in the middle of it, Shannon couldn't help himself. He decided to unmute himself and let all the 50 staff know that he was after a chicken roll for lunch. <laughs> Just in the middle of it, he's unmuted and said, I'll have chicken, thanks. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he might have done it next to the barbecue. No. <laughs> Yeah, not not one of my great uh, performances, I've got to say. But uh, yeah, talk, talking about centres, let's let's get back to uh, some of the some of the great centres that we we've cited, Greg Inglis. And I just want to talk. Obviously, he started as a centre, but just talk about the start of his career. Like it was 2006, his first year, he got Rookie of the Year. And then the following year, imagine this being a rookie. He went and got the um, Clive Churchill medal in a grand final. Mm. Like, he was only a rookie the year before. And then he played so many great years at centres. And then, obviously, as you said, when he came to us, played fullback. But as a kid, he's it was meteoric, his rise. And, and that was at centre, of course. Around um, that period as well, he won the golden boot. He did. Just he phenomenal. Did. Phenomenal. He won everything but the Hotman Cup. Though. You know, he's won about every trophy trophy there is. <laughs> and you speak about young guys and you speak about Stretch coming in while he was still at school. Oh, Paul Mellor, he's a he's another one of our great centres that, that I played with, LA Coast at school, a, a proud Pagewood Maris boy or Champagnet as they're called now, that LA's a product of that and I'm a product of that school and we both apologise to the school for that. But <laughs> Paul Mellor, you know, he was in year 11 at school when he came and, and made his first grade debut. Quite remarkable, and um, he went on to play 221 games across his career, 107 of those at, at South with, with 45 tries, and had a great career, but as we've said previously, never quite lived up the heights, but what well, his potential, but one thing he did, he played his he played great whilst at South when he was young. And as you've said before, Jez, when he came back in his second iteration, mm. he had a great stint at South. Mm. He did. He did. And uh, so that's Paul Mellor, Greg Inglis, who we've said. Um, I want to touch on Paul Sade as well, because you're right. He was pretty much a lock originally. And then he was sort of, we had Rod Coote at that time and and he was moved to centre. And then when Ron went over to the to the dark side, over to the Roosters, um, um, Sadie moved in back into lock, but played a lot of lot of centre. Um, funnily enough, our club was so strong. In 1969, he was in the New South Wales squad, but he was playing, he played a lot of reserve grade that year. Mm. He was getting picked, our squad was that strong. He was getting picked for New South Wales from, from our reserve grade side. And he had a great career, played, you know, for Australia in the World Cup at 19, uh, sorry, uh, 1972, yeah. Um, and as Ello said, not only was he a great player for the club, but he was a great clubman. He went on and 
coached the lower grades after he retired in 1978. Across the 80s, he coached lower grades at South and Sadie was a was a great club man and was a great player at centre as as well as Lock. So I wanted to include and expand a bit on him. And and Eric Sims is probably not one that we all think of as a when you think of centres, but played fullback in a number of positions. But he was centre in our 1965 grand final. Um, we lost that one 12-8, but um, he played a he played a fair bit of centre. The interesting thing, oh, the reason I mentioned that grand final is he played. This is another quirky sort of fact of history that Eric, the great player that he was, and he just loved playing football. He played in that um, 1965 grand final. And the week for Sears and the losses in Georgia, and a week later, he went back and played for LARPA in the local A grade grand final as well. Like, you know, you just wouldn't see that these days, but Eric obviously loved his football. and um, Trophy hunter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, you know, I was obviously a great fullback, great kicker of the ball. Uh, but he played in five consecutive grand finals between 1967 and 71. We obviously won four of those. And um, as I said, kicker at the ball was amazing. He kicked 11 goals in, in, in two different games. It was just, just amazing. But it was also the times he played centre was a very good centre. So I thought he might have been a bit of left the field. And I just want to give an honourable mention to our great mate, Daryl Neville. I thought you'd give your mate a rap, hello, but I'll give, I'll give Dirty a rap uh, in lieu of you because... Um, he's a great club man as well. He's a life member, but coached, um, played, and and I had the pleasure of, of, of playing under Dirty for a couple of seasons, and, uh, and I know why they call him Dirty. <laughs> yeah, Dirty, Dirty was a great, Dirty was a great player, but I always, I probably thought Dirty more as a five eight. I think he, he had the natural skills for five eight, but he, he played in in you know the eighty nine team there as a centre and did a great job. You're right. Um, and you know he's he helped the club out. He was you know coached the lower grades there after after his career. He came through the local juniors, Presidents Cup, and yeah, he did a great job. Did a great job for an underrated player. Uh, I think there's one there's one that I missed that I that just came to mind was uh, the great Mitch Brennan mm. uh, from back in the the early '80s. I think um, he came to us and uh, was sort of more of a senior player when he came to us and. Had some really good years in the early 80s when we sort of came back into a little bit of prominence um, when uh, Rocky Laurie was at the club, Bill Anderson was coaching and, um, you know, Mitch Brennan was the captain of the club, I think, then. Uh, and Nathan Gibbs was in that, in that sort of year, Peter Tunks. And uh, Mitch was a senior player in that team and um, he was really one of our strike weapons out wide when he played centres for the club. We've had a few centres too that have represented our club, but probably not at the peak of their careers. But guys like Mark McGore and Nigel Vunganar and these sorts of guys that have come to our club and played, they've probably played their best footy elsewhere, but um, they certainly would have brought something to the club. I remember when Nigel came along with Roy Satasi and David Kidwell and Dean Witters, the the change in the culture around the team and around the club, you, you could feel it. And he, he was very much a... A big part of that. So we've had some, uh, we've had, we have had some very good centres play at the club. Certainly have, Jess. Anything else, Shannon? No, that's all. I thought Ello was right when he said, you know, when you think of great positions for this club, centre's probably not the first position that comes to mind. I think he was referring to hookers. We've had some great hookers over the years. <laughs> and, and, and you're spot on, Ello. What about, yeah, I'm not going to say that. We'll get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> Right, let's go to the first break.
Now, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store, the physical store is closed at the moment due to the lockdowns in Sydney, but you can still shop 24 hours a day, 365 days a year at the Rabbitohs online store. So you just need to jump online and visit shop.rabbitohs.com.au and they've got everything there that you could hope for in the red and green for the Rabbitohs. And, and Shannon, how uh, are our stocks looking? I'm assuming people are diving in and picking up their Rabbitohs merch towards the back end of the season. Yeah, our merch sales are going through the roof, actually, Jez, uh, all online, of course. But, you know, we as we sold so strongly early in the year, we were running lean on stock. But as most of our members have probably seen online that we've restocked uh, most of the classic gear, so most of the stuff's available. And, um, you know, uh, we've got some new hoodies coming in as well, a new Clean Ranger hoodies um, uh, manufactured by Cotton On. They'll be in within the next week, so I encourage everybody to come in and have a look at that. Oh, sorry, jump online and have a look at those. And uh, they're really high quality, really good price points. Uh, the masks are obviously selling really well over COVID as well, and we've restocked those as well. So um, regardless of what you're after, the online merchandise store will have what you need. Excellent. Shop.rabbitos.com.au to check out all of the Rabbitos merchandise as we head towards the finals. Cheers, up. Sorry to cut you off there, Ella. That's okay, Jess. I was just wondering, are those Storm Tech jackets coming yet? <laughs> I think Hello. they've come and gone, to be honest. They have come and gone. Ella's always a week behind. He's dead set that slow. It takes him three hours to watch 60 Minutes. Keep up with the program, Ella. Keep up with the program, son. I'm very happy you said we're bringing some clean sloppy joes in. They're not dirty. That's good. <laughs> I think we might have to get together a bit of a care package and send it up to... Uh, to Ello up in his hub of this, the new clean range? Uh, yeah, the clean range is, for those who aren't aware, the clean range is the unsponsored stuff. So it's just clean, got the Rabbitohs logo and no sponsor logo. Some some people like the authentic team wear. They're wearing the same stuff as the team with the sponsors on them. Some like the clean range. And we've got those uh, clean range uh, hoodies uh, coming in within the next week. So jump what on about, board and have a look. What about when we get one chatting you? Send them up and we'll wear them all for one of our podcasts in the coming two weeks. How's that? That's a great idea, um, Ella. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, set, I'll send one up and uh, send one for you up on a pallet that would need a bit. <laughs> a charter flight. We might, be able to, we might be able to use it as a tent at training. <laughs> oh, very good. Righto. Let's move on to topic number two for the top four today. And of course, we're uh, recording today on Wednesday afternoon, and the first events at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics have kicked off today with softball and football being played today. And we thought, let's have a look at the top four Rabbitohs that wouldn't look out of place at the Olympics. Do you want to kick us off with this one, Shannon? Yeah, happy to, Jez. And I sort of missed the brief early, so I, I sort of was thinking about uh, you know, wrestling, certainly the Storm players would have been a medal there, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at diving, there's plenty of NRL teams that would do that, uh, particularly the 1969 Tigers team. <laughs> they, uh, they would have won a medal there. <laughs> there's one particular but, uh, Tigers player that I might have given a gobful to at Leichhardt Oval the other week that doesn't mind diving as well. <laughs> oh, that was outstanding, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> there was... There's a crowd of 15 people in the stairs. <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> Dave Laurie accused Tane Milne of lying down and taking a dive. And I thought, and you could hear him actually say it to him on the field. 
And you hear this from the back. How can you talk, warrior mug? <laughs> he wasn't quite as nice as that either. But we can't tell you on air what he said either. The whole I time his bench turned around. <laughs> Lucky it wasn't at Stadium Australia. He would have had the mic on. I would have went through the whole PA system. <laughs> Bingo. Oh, the passion. The passion was magnificent. <laughs> Oh. Even, even even Laurie looked up to the, yeah. to, to the seats to see who was and said it. I pointed at you, Elo, when yeah. I said it. I said the bloke over here yelling out kicker. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your list, Shannon. All righty. Well, I was gonna I was gonna start off sensible and serious and quote folks like Mike Cleary in the sprinting. He obviously went to the Commonwealth Games and was a national sprinter, but then I thought, no. Nah, Keep in theme and, and the same feel of the show. I'll, I'll go sort of left of centre with some of my uh, Rabbitohs Olympians. And and the first one is, as you know, um, Taekwondo is now an Olympic sport. And and seeing that video footage of Cody Walker uh, in the off-season, uh, I think he might be a medalist in uh, Taekwondo or karate. <laughs> he played Lachlan Lewis in the final. <laughs> I reckon the bronze medalist is Dave Farlongo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, karate chops and God knows. Um, and I'm saying this safety of my house, knowing that all the boys are up in Queensland so I can go for a few heckles. The other one is, as you know, shooting's an Olympic sport and seeing Latrell and a few of his mates up on his property over, up over the off-season, I think he might be in for his shooting medal uh, as well. Trell up there with the boys. Um, and one of the guys who loves this sport so much, which uh, surfing, which is an Olympic he, he's not actually up in camp with the boys. He, he, he's still at the beach as we speak, I think. He's, he's Sato. He would definitely be uh, uh, a chance of winning a medal in, sur- uh, in surfing. I, I've heard he's camping at the beach, actually. Stacey yeah. can't get him home. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and uh, we all know Renault's great at golf, and golf's now an Olympic sport, so he might be a chance. The other one is the great big Huntsman. We all know Huntsman, he's seven foot four. And I reckon basketball might suit him. He might have, he'd have to bend over to slam dunk, but I reckon, <laughs> I reckon he, <laughs> uh, the big the big streak that is Huntsman, I reckon he'd be all right at, at basketball. Uh, yeah, Hunts, some... just on Huntsman, um, Shannon, I, I, uh, you stole one of mine. He was a very, very good shot putter back in the day. I think he was almost an Australian title holder at schoolboys, uh, a school a school level. So he might have been a he wouldn't have looked out of place there. He'd have been a lot taller than a lot of the shot people. <laughs> and it'd been a lot easier. He wouldn't have to walk as far to go and get him. He'd just reach over and bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> he tripped over. You guys are in quarantine in, in the camp up there. If he was in quarantine with you, blokes, he tripped over. He'd land back in New South Wales. He wouldn't be in quarantine anymore. But um, the, the great man, Hunter, was actually discus, hello, seriously, in the fair. Oh, I was. Sorry. Sorry. You're right. You're right. He was, he was a national champion in discus. And I think he was so good at it. He had all the practice in the schoolyard fights. He used to throw his handbag at the other kids. So I think <laughs> that's where he got so good at throwing the discus as well, the great the great huntsman. And talking about fighting, I reckon I reckon Bundy in boxing. I reckon he might oh, have, yeah. I reckon he might have went all right. And uh, the final one you mentioned, Ello, before. And I've done an LO with my 28 nominations. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one you mentioned before in the diving, the great Steve Maven. He'd be great in the diving. Oh, yes. As well. Yes. 
The so, 10 uh, metre swan dive. Yes, indeed. <laughs> or, or maybe the rhythmic gymnastics, I don't know. It would have been no good at the water pole, you'd have kept dropping it. <laughs> oh, dear. Over to you, Ello. Who's your, no, no, who no, are your Steve, Olympians? No, Steve Maven, uh, you know, you're talking about joking about the, the dive, you know, about, but he was a top class swimmer as a kid. I think I've spoken about it on the show before. And, you know, he was, he was just toweling up schoolboys when he's coming through, but, you know, particularly getting the HSC age and things like that. So he could have gone on with his swimming, but he didn't. He stuck with his football. So, he would knock out a place in a, uh, an Olympic 48-metre event. <laughs> <laughs> he was always in front with two to go, but just couldn't hang on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he was. No, I, I say that. I'm joking there, but he was a real good swimmer, Maver. Um, you took, took my thunder with Bundy, um, <laughs> but I think I think if they'd have been better having a... Uh, a street fighting event at the Olympics. I think you'd have even been better at that. <laughs> <laughs> or in the pairs event, him and Cody together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ian Roberts would have done very well in the in the boxing too. Oh yes. Um, or he could have. He'd have been very good in the decathlon events because he was just that fit. He, you know, pretty skillful in different areas. So he he could have handled that. Um, Gags, you took, you had Reno with the, the golf. He's pretty good. So is Gags. Mm. He goes all right. Paul Mellor, we mentioned him again. He was a, he was one of the probably the greatest athletes that, that I've seen come through the club outside of a footballer. You know, he just he was naturally gifted. He was athletic. Um, I don't know what his skin files were, Shannon. They've probably been a, just a tad better than yours, I suppose, at the time when you played with him. <laughs> They do, they do my skin folds with barbecue tongs, <laughs> <laughs> Ali, when you finish cooking, you do it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, do you, how many have I given you? Oh, about eight, nine. We're a very athletic bunch house for those. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got a few nominations as well. Yeah, some more, some yeah. more modern day ones. I had Alex Johnston for the hundred meter dash. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he might not win it, but he'd certainly be in the final. AJ, he's got plenty of pace about him. I had Thomas Burgess. Now, unfortunately, he'd have to represent England and not Australia, but he'd certainly be up there for weightlifting or wrestling with that big, yeah. uh, with that big body on him. Then I had... It certainly uh, wouldn't be gymnastics, Jess. No, I can assure you of that. No, not gymnastics. <laughs> not the most limber of, of folk. But he might make the English gymnastics team. No, <laughs> but he wouldn't make the Australian one. The Eddie the Eagle of gymnastics. <laughs> the next one I had uh, a little bit different. I had Adam Reynolds. Now, not necessarily in the throwing events, but as the actual javelin or the discus or the shot put, because I reckon there'd be a few blokes in our team who'd like to just throw him halfway down the athletics field after he's been pestering them all day. So I reckon he'd make no, no. a good javelin, Reno. Not halfway, the full way. He'd be breaking world records with Reno. He's, uh, he's just starting to come into his own up at camp. Too. Oh, he's I just, could imagine. He's just starting to... Uh, Find, he, find his way. And, oh, dear. So I think it could be 
It could be bedlam the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm sure that I can't wait for Talara to get in. Just calm him down a bit. Oh, and the four kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll take the edge off him. My last one, and I couldn't leave us out, but it's us three blokes. Now, we wouldn't look out of place at the Olympics lining up for a hot dog and chips to watch some of these other athletes <laughs> do what they're going to do. I'm up for that, too. Uh, <laughs> if anyone doesn't come, I'll eat these as well. Uh, <laughs> You'll eat it even if I do come, Chad. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Uh, can, I, can, can I give one more honourable mention? Because I just remember that it is an Olympic sport now. Mm-hmm. Um, and baseball is an Olympic sport now. It and is. I just remember uh, our, our former coach, Mad, swinging that baseball bat over. <laughs> I think it was a that time. And I reckon the way he was swinging that bat one got him into an Olympic team. <laughs> right and sent a hammer and tong with that baseball bat. I think it was Brookvale Oval, wasn't it, LA? Yes, I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if we'll see that on the docker. I can't remember, Shannon. He got me on the backswing. <laughs> Ello was getting an HIA. <laughs> he told you it was an accident. Yeah, sure. It was. <laughs> they don't have cricket at the Olympics, do they? They don't. No, it's no, it's no. made an appearance at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, you, you throw to... Bronco to Dewar in there. Oh yes, he was he was a very good cricketer back yes. in the day. Was he a keeper? Yes. Yeah. Well, you give a batsman, Jess. Very good. Yeah, I like yeah. that. And we can't forget, <laughs> speaking of Madge yours and Madge's efforts on the uh, on the SCG a few years back, Ella. Ah, that's a long time ago, Jess. <laughs> I think I top scored, though. Didn't I was going to say, I'm sure you raised the bat. <laughs> that's, that's how it well, yeah. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> I, I remember how filthy you were. They didn't put your name in gold on the boards in the dressing room. I tell you, yeah, I tell you, I tell you the worst thing. The worst thing was that I'm ready to bat the next day and I've, I've forgotten all. And we'd, we'd had our staff Christmas party the day before. <laughs> so I've turned up a bit dusty and worse for wear. It's about 35 degrees. <laughs> I've gone out to bat and and I'm thinking, yeah, because I'd only been in the nets. I hadn't played cricket for ages. I had a couple of nets sessions. And I'll get out there. I forgot you had to run between the wickets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. <laughs> I was trying to hit fours. I couldn't hit. So you need to just go short of the field. You have to run three. And I'll tell you, I was, I was dead set shot after that. You'd, be, you'd been in the cricket nets at Snake Park where the boundaries are 15 metres away. You get out to the SCG where they're 80 metres away. Yeah. yeah. No, it, was, it was a really good experience that day. It was if, it, if it was after a staff Christmas party and you're talking about raising the bat, the only thing higher than the bat you would have raised, that would have been your blood alcohol level. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, are there any uh, Italians that we should keep an eye out for during the next fortnight with the Olympics? Uh, obviously, the soccer team is purely gifted. Um, you saw what they did over there against, against the Poms. But as I said last week, the English are such gracious losers, aren't they? The way they, they handled that with such uh, dignity and, and poise. Yes. <laughs> so, no, like the, the Italians, the, the, the thing about the Italians, as I said last week, uh, they got they had the same problem in war. They uh, they swap sides at halftime. <laughs> oh dear! Oh righto. Well, we might we might leave it there before we get complaint letters from our uh, from the Italian Rabbitohs community. You're very feisty today, Shannon. Uh, controversial. I, <laughs> I hope you're controversial enough for not to have you on next week. That's how good we are. <laughs> Righto, let's move on to our next break. 
Now, we've spoken about Rabbitohs Plus before, and now's probably a good opportunity while everyone has a bit more time on their hands to have a look at your finances and your how, your household services and see if Rabbitohs Plus can help you out from, from travel deals to home and contents insurance, credit cards, car insurance, home loans, anything like that that are services that you use every day there's sure to be an option there for you on Rabbitohs Plus. So visit plus.rabbitohs.com.au. And Shannon, you were telling us earlier, you're currently packing up and and moving house at the moment. And did you end up moving that home loan over to Rabbitohs Plus? Uh, Not yet, Jez, but we'll certainly do it. I'm still working on the 12 credit cards that my wife has (laughs) and the other eight she's ordered through Rabbitohs Plus. But... Uh, seriously, though, in terms of you, spot on, Jez. Go on there, compare what you're currently paying, and I'm sure you'll be pleasantly surprised across a range of financial products, insurances, travel, whatever it might be. Go on there and compare, and I'm sure you're going to get a better price. And as I always say, uh, you're supporting not only um, the Rabbitohs and you support, but you're going to get a better product and a, and a better price. Excellent. Plus.rabbitohs.com.au to check out all of the offers from Rabbitohs Plus. Now, we have our trivia question from last week. It was, in which year was the first competition game played at Redfern Oval? Who were our opponents and what was the score? So we talked about the week before the last competition game. This time, we're going to talk about the first competition game, of course, at the spiritual home of the Rabbitohs, Redfern Oval. What, what do we think, gentlemen? First of all, maybe the, uh, the year that it was uh, first used. I, being the gentleman that I am, I'll let LA go first. I, know <laughs> I, I always know he's so well-researched with these yeah. kind of things. I'm having problems with my internet up here, gentlemen. I just can't get on the Google. <laughs> You're not having trouble with that, your menu log, mate, obviously. <laughs> That's a good call. Uh, cool. Let me have a uh, guess. Yeah, have a guess. I, I think... Be about around the 1920s. Okay. What are your thoughts, Shannon? Yeah, I was going to say about 1932. Okay. Well, my research says that the first game was on the 17th of April, 1948. And we had a draw with the now defunct Eastern Suburbs Roosters Club. <laughs> <laughs> Eastern Go suburbs on. doesn't exist anymore. It was uh, it was nineteen all in front of eight thousand people. Jack Rayner was the captain that day, and Clive Churchill played in that team. So, uh, yeah, nineteen forty eight was the first game at, at Redfern. Can I ask one question, Jez? You can. Did, did they have doors on the toilets in the dressing rooms that day? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think they had them on for my entire career. <laughs> we might have to ask Wayne. <laughs> he might have played that day. The dressing rooms, I tell you, by the time you and I got there, Ello, it was like Slumdog Millionaire, wasn't it? You know, the <laughs> Redford Noble, she was pretty run down. But the interesting thing about that first game, talking about the playing the Roosters and, and the 8,000 crowd, just, to, that day, to this day, it's still a, a Roosters crowd record for them. So uh, congratulations. <laughs> 
Oh, excellent. Now, let's have a look at next week's trivia question. So last week we announced that John Morris will be joining the club as an assistant coach for the next two years. Now, he's a 300-gamer, but how many first-grade games did he actually play? So that one should be an easy one for you guys to do a bit of research on. So we'll give you the answer to that one next week. But he's played 300 games, so let's see how many was the exact number. I that think, he played. I think I might know that one, Jeremy. Well, I think he knows. All right, he might have read my media release. I, I reckon I'll give you in the ballpark. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon it could be three hundred and something. But anyway. <laughs> three hundred odd, as they like to say. <laughs> That's right. That's why I said nineteen twenty something. Yeah. <laughs> very good. All right. Well, there we go. Your, very good. Your your pants size, hello. But anyway. <laughs> Them's fighting words. Oh, he's, this is really beautiful, mate. I'll be better prepared next week, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> see what happens. He moves up to Queensland. He's been up there less than a week. And he's already turned out a bit slow. Yes. Yeah. See what happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Become Queensland. I feel, I feel like I'm ten years behind. <laughs> <laughs> so you're only seventy-two now. <laughs> All right, I'm going to a break before you two get into some fisticuffs. <laughs> now, the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast and the Rabbitohs Podcast Network, it's brought to you by the great team at What If. So if you're getting yourself ready for when these lockdowns are lifted and you want to get away or get to a game, What If has all the answers for you with great deals on accommodation flights, car hire and more and don't forget they're the official travel partner of the Rabbitohs so you can head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels now conditions apply with that but you can save 15% on select hotels by visiting whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use that code Rabbitohs15 and what if it's Aussie for travel and hello we said last week we hope that the NRL jumped onto whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use Rabbitohs 15 code to save a bit of money in these hubs. It would have saved them a massive chunk of money. We're hearing 12 to $15 million a month to be able to move everybody up north, including players and their families. It's a big chunk of money. Yeah, it is. I'm not sure, Jez, if that's actually what it's cost to move them or what the cost to run the game a month right. is. Right. Uh, but, but you're right, it could be. I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, it's been... I must say, you've got to take your hat off the NRL. But what they've done in in you know in a week, we're, we're a week into it today. They had about two three days notice, um, and the clubs and that to get happening what they have. There's a few hiccups with the partners and that that they had to come a few days later. But it's it's just a an incredible uh, logistical you know, process that they've gone through. We've you know. We've we've got forty one players. We've got forty one in the in the hub, or we will have when Benji gets up here and Jai comes back in. Mm. Jai comes back in tomorrow to the to the uh, just normal in the, in the hotel, mm. um, and we'll have forty one. So there'll be thirty players and eleven staff, and then when we consider our our partners and families, there's I think it's about seventy eight. Wow! On top, so. There's the best part of 120 people that they've sent up here mm. and we have to find lodgings for 
and particularly here at the the McCure, there's there's four other teams staying with us. Uh, we've got the Raiders, the Bulldogs. They'll be quiet this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Eels um, and the Warriors. So they're all here. We, it's, it's, we play on Sunday, obviously, you know, at the Sunshine Coast, which is just a fantastic day. It'll be our home game. We're looking for, you know, many people to turn out as possible because it'll be big sighting up there. The weather looks like it's going to be nice. And it's a lovely atmosphere up there and a great stadium to play at. So I'm sure we'll get our faithful fans out there to watch us there. But our, our prep for that game will be, we'll probably have to leave here at about 10.30 or 10 or 10.30 a.m. in the morning. It's about a two and a half hour bus ride. Uh, and then we play at three o'clock kickoff. But, you know, the, the saving grace is the Warriors are doing exactly the same thing. Mm. So preparation for both teams will be the same. And to be fair, getting out on the bus, it's like winning lotto at the moment mm. when you get out on the bus. Yeah, you know, we go training, went training this morning. Um, the boys have gone to gym this afternoon. Um, but yeah, it's good having the little outings. But we know we know there's a, there'll be an end point to that, a time where we can start to move around a, a lot more freely. Mm. Um, obviously, there'll still be, I, I'd imagine, some protocols we have to we have to attend to. But I'm not sure what they are now. But being in in um, in Queensland, where COVID is, seems a little bit uh, better controlled than it is, in, not a little bit, a lot better at the moment. Than in Sydney, mm. um, you know, it, it makes it a bit easier to try and get back to a little bit of normality. Um, and I think, in fairness, you know, we get the boys back to normality, we get their families up here, not only for our club, but for all the clubs. I think, you know, the quality of the football still was good last weekend, but I think it'll it'll get better and better as everyone settles in the environment we're in up here. Mm. Um, and, you know, that'll, that'll be a test to the clubs, how they how they you know, get their team and their partners and everything together so that we, we get it uh, as back to normal, much back to normal as possible. And, uh, you know, we've got some good contingency plans in place here that, that, that Brock has been working very heavily on um, to, to get into place. And uh, I'm sure we'll be up there finding out at the finish, Jess. Hello, who's, Hello. In, who's in charge of setting off the fire alarms in the Warriors section of the resort in the early hours of Saturday morning? <laughs> Have you well, appointed that to the captain of the pests, Adam Reynolds? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, Jez, that's, I haven't even got that on my list of things to do because I'm sure he'll have that organised anyway. So I, don't have, I don't even have to discuss that with yeah, him. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Uh, you, Jez, you mentioned the Warriors and trying to upset them and... Hello spoke about, you know, teams trying to have a sense of normality and they with the Warriors, you know, they're struggling with their family not being able to be over and their loved ones and their partners, but they've they've done the next best thing and they've shipped them up some mud boots. So um the Warriors, <laughs> Warriors are very happy about that. And um, so, uh, the chef was kept putting out legs of lamb for them for, for dinner and he'd come back to clean up afterwards and they all had love bites in them, the legs oh. of lamb. So <laughs> <laughs> I've told you what they say about the Kiwis. You know, the three great great stories every Kiwi tells, haven't I? Oh, I don't know. Do, do I want to hear them? Oh, no. You know, oh, my father, he played for the All Blacks. And my mother, she was a Maori princess. And the third one is I was just actually helping that sheep over the fence. <laughs> oh, no. Well, there's joke of the week anyway. <laughs> 
And now back to the topic at hand. Make sure you visit whatif.com slash rabbitos for any of your trips to New Zealand. Um, use that code rabbitos15 to save 15%. What if it's Aussie for travel? Hello, it's time for Joke of the Week. As you mentioned, you're up this week. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a short and sharp one this week, Jeremy. I um, was walking down the road before we got locked up and I saw these two dogs sitting there and one said to the other, why have all these humans got muzzles on? The other one said, because they won't sit and stay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Very topical. I like it. Very good. Uh, hey, can I just finish off with a just a, a thank you, actually? Jesse, you just mentioned the great team at, at What If and led by Daniel Finch and Finch and his team, Donna, and the team up there in Brisbane, actually helping the players' partners. They're, they're all due up there today and they've been helping the club find accommodation um, for the for the players and their partners, particularly when they're both out of quarantine, trying to find service apartments. And the team at What If have really, really helped. Uh, first of all, I need to thank Simon McGrath and, and everyone at Accor who are um, housing the boys now whilst they're in the bubble and for 14 days at, at the fantastic Accor properties. But uh, Finch and the What If team have been really helpful and supportive of our team in finding accommodation for our players and our families when they can come back and live in some sense of normality in uh, service departments and that's been made possible by the great team at What If and they're just great partners in every sense of the word. Discount, discount the travel for our members and supporters, supporting our team. They even, as we know, support this podcast, but they even support our Pathways team. So just a, a big shout out and thank you to uh, Daniel Finch, Donna and all of the team at, at What If and uh, thank you for their support. Here, here, and to uh, to Daniel and Donna and everyone at What If, you can expect some sort of email from Shannon looking for a bit of help once the lockdown finishes. <laughs> well said, you know me well, Jeremy. I think we, 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 we can use. One of the... Sorry, you go, go. Ella. There you go. There well, you I was going to say we can use the code Rabbitos fifteen. He's looking at Donato fifty. That's what. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Donato one hundred. <laughs> Jeremy, whatever the top four is next week, they'll be in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I didn't know Daniel Finch played 5 8 for the Rabbitohs. He's a great man. There's no Donnie. Finch can't do. <laughs> Jez, if I, could, if I can just say a shout out to the supporters that came to see us on, on the weekend to, to watch us play, the, we had a, you know, the, the game at Leichhardt with no supporters was really tough. Mm. Um, and then, you know, getting up here. We had a few at Newcastle. I thank them also. But up here, I know we've got a great following up here in Queensland. Uh, there's a lot of Rabbitoh supporters. So um, I hope to see them. It's a great opportunity for them to come out and see their stars. And, and the boys, I know the boys lift when they've got, got the crowd there and they, they see the red and green mm. in the seats in the stand. And, um, you know, we get out there in numbers. I know the boys come over after the game and, give you a salute and a clap. Unfortunately, they can't come up, shake hands and get photos at the moment, but, um, you know, they really appreciate your, your presence at, at games. So if you can get there, yeah, especially this Sunday, it's uh, be a great one up there at the, the sunny coast, which is uh, obviously, as I said, our home game, and we're looking forward to, to taking the Rabbitoh spirit to the sunny coast. 
Well, for anyone that's thinking of going, make sure you don't go on Sunday. Make sure you go Saturday. <laughs> Sorry, Saturday. <laughs> you better check that bus booking, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds yeah, me, yeah, like, you, you remind me of one of my friends that's going up to that game on Saturday. Actually, he's a Chinese friend of mine. You remind me of his name's Ugly. Just <laughs> 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 so say hello to him for me. You got a lot in common. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesse, you mentioned the Sunshine Coast game. We need we need to thank um, Tourism and Events Queensland and the Sunshine Coast Council for making that possible as well. They're um, been big supporters of the club for a number of years now and uh, we've had this game in train all year and whilst other councils might have buckled during these um, COVID restrictions and and logistical logistical challenges, um, the Sunshine Coast Council and Tourism Events Queensland have been unwavering in their support. So hopefully I'll get a free holiday out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> but while we're thanking people, I'd like to thank my uh, partner, Christy, and my daughter, Kira, for clearing out of the downstairs of our two-bedroom apartment. You might hear some bumping in the background on my audio. That's the, uh, that's the three dance classes that are currently going on upstairs at the moment, the, the tap and the hip-hop and the jazz that are going on up upstairs in uh, in the uh, bedroom upstairs via Zoom. So uh, thank you to them for enabling us to do this podcast in peace and quiet. Well, just thank God Shannon's not up there with him, Jesse, to come straight through the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> he finished with the final blow. Well played. Uh, <laughs> <to the> ground. <laughs> Now, final thank you is to everyone listening today. Thanks for joining us again. Make sure you contact us on rabbitos.com.au slash podcasts or jump on Twitter and find SSFC Rabbitos. Send us in your topic suggestions, write us a review or give us a five-star rating and make sure you hit that subscribe button. It was funny, actually. My daughter's quite hooked to um, YouTube on the on her iPad. She watches a lot of YouTube and we were talking about the the uh, podcast the other day, and she says, "Dad, make sure at the end that you tell everyone to hit the subscribe button and make sure they <laughs> they follow you. You got to make sure you do that. So this that's for Kira, making sure that you all hit subscribe when uh, you're listening to our podcast. And we've got all the other podcasts on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network as well. We've got our Player Media podcast that includes." Uh, Wayne's press conference on uh, the Captain's Run Day, which is always a, a bit of fun. We've got the audio version of the Rabbitohs Insider and the man that we mentioned uh, a few times today, Steve Maven, he heads up the crew with Chaps and Brownie at Rabbitohs Radio and they're, they're doing a really good job. They're branching out into Rabbitohs TV and they're doing all sorts of stuff over there. So they're creating their own little multimedia empire on, on Rabbitohs Radio and Rabbitohs TV. So it's good to see them throwing all their efforts into that. They're doing a really good job and I look forward to... Uh, to their podcast each week, they were a bit uh, they were a bit later getting this week's one out because we played on a Sunday night, and I text them on Monday morning saying, "Boys, has something happened to your podcast? I'm getting withdrawals. I haven't been able to listen to it over the weekend." So they have a lot of fun on there, and it's it's good to hear their banter as well. And of course, the Rabbitohs Top Four podcast is powered by Audio Technica, proudly presented by What If. And thanks again, gentlemen, for joining us via Zoom. Another great partner of the Rabbitohs enabling us to to do this and create some content for our members and supporters. Absolutely. Jez, been a lot of fun today. Really enjoyed it, particularly sticking it in the LA. <laughs> <laughs> and good luck up there. It's always a soft landing. <laughs> Actually, feel that you wouldn't mind just sending a few of those menu log vouchers up to me too, Shannon. <laughs> 
they're actually on their way, believe it or not. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, the, my my backyard's strewn with them, but uh, I still still manage to find a few to send up for you and the boys. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks, gentlemen, and we will see you all again next week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top Four Podcast, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbitohs.